Good morning and welcome to Old Readers Anonymous Revision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, December 10th, 2021, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 152 the second paragraph that begins with, Yes, There is a Substitute. Today's readers are Lynn S. for the 12 Steps, Nosa J. for the 12 Traditions. The readers of the text are Barbara E., Marge O., and Lynn S. And the share IDs for yesterday, December 9th, are the 7 a.m. meeting, 18,213, 18213. For the 10 a.m. meeting, the share ID is 18,214, 18214. A newcomer greeted today is Jason K., and the host of the second hour is Katie G. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm now going to ask Lynn S., would you read the 12 steps for us, please? Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us 
and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Lynn S. And now I'm going to ask Nosa J. Would you read the 12 steps for us, please? Good morning, everyone. It's Nosa J. from Texas, um, compulsive overeater, and these are the 12 steps. Or tradition, sorry. <laughs> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsively or eating compulsively. For each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting others, other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. Have a wonderful day. Any, uh, you need to hit star one? Moderator, we don't hear you. Star one, ten. I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. I'll start again. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, 
press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book on page 152, the second paragraph, which begins with, Yes, there is a substitute. And I'm going to ask Barbara E. to start that reading for us. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Penny, and thank you for your service and your singing all the time. Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous that there you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your life are ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. I love that when Bill poses a question, as he did in the prior paragraph, he always responds with an answer. And in this paragraph, he leaves us with an encouraging message of hope that if we follow the program of action for recovery, which is in this book, if we are determined to go to any lengths, we too can recover. But it requires us to be willing to do the work. Like Bill, I too went to sordid places, like Burger King, bakeries, candy stores, even chewing Splenda packets like gum. And those four horsemen of the apocalypse plagued me. I wasn't happy when I was in the food, and I wasn't happy when I was dieting. And unlike the other chapters that that describe carrying the message to other, this one shares a hope for the future of the fellowship and those who share our illness and offers the hope that I found at meetings, making friends and finding the rewards of doing service, which brings me back to Bill's story, who suffered an important business setback and was broken, physically weak and lonely. I can relate to that, but he turned away from the gay laughter in the hotel and decided to seek out another alcohol to help to dispel the temptation to drink. But I always chose the food in large quantities. I was not interested in helping you. I isolated, I ate and ate, and I was too ashamed to let you see me. I was locked in a prison of my own making, and I didn't realize OA and the steps could set me free. When I went to my first meeting back in 1997, I heard laughter and stories of people who told a lot of my stories and whom seemed to be recovered and and had found something greater than themselves they could lean on. I didn't know if I believed what they said, but I was desperate, so what did I have to lose? Perhaps my misery, my fear, and finally keeping off the weight that had been plaguing me all my life. So I was finally led by my, by my power that I didn't know I had to go to OA and to find the hope, the fellowship, the support, and the caring. And I began to trust that maybe I too could have this thing. Someone at one of my meetings said, 
just believe in yourself, Barbara, even if you don't right now, and sometime in the future you will. Believe you're worthy and capable, and with the power of your power, with the help of your power, she said, we will, you will find we're all on this journey together. We must hang together or we'll all die alone. I think that's beautiful. I pass. Penny, we can't hear you. Penny, star one. I'm sorry, I don't know who's, I, I didn't mute myself anyway. Um, I'm ready to take a list of people who would like to share. And so just a reminder that if you shared in the last two days, that means on Wednesday or Thursday, we ask you to hold back and allow other people to uh, hear their voices. And so um, I will be timing everybody three minutes. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Rick J. Katie G. from Boston. Linda D. Tina S. Katie. Chris M. Linda. Linda D. Who was after Linda D? Rachel K. Rachel. Darian K. Darian. Did you get Tina S? Tina, I did not. I do now. Tina S. Thank you. Okay. Jen right, A. Who was that? Who was who just said? Jen A. Jen A. Okay. That's we're gonna just stop with that. And here's who we have. A nice lineup. We have and I'll ask you to give me your the initial of your last name and your state when you speak. Rick. Katie, Linda, Rachel, Darian, Tina, and Jen. Rick, go ahead, please. Uh, good morning, Penny. Um, thank you for your service. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. This paragraph for me sums up one of the most magical, beautiful experiences in recovery, and that is that connection that I have with other people in the fellowship. And yes, the, the program, you know, is in the steps, but they were meant to be work with other people. It's all about us connecting with God and connecting with other people, whatever that God of our understanding is, I can connect and feel that connection through connecting with you. And, and I've learned that if if I can leave myself, all my selfishness, my self-centered bullshit behind, and connect with you, then I'm going to get closer to you, and I'm going to feel closer to God. So the further away from myself I become, the closer to you I get, and the closer to God I feel. It's just magic that way. It really is. And when I'm connecting with someone... I'm always feeling that connection with my higher power. You know, I heard it called spiritual math. One plus one equal three. When two people are speaking the language of the heart, God is always there. God is always there in a way that I cannot generate on my own. And whether I'm talking with my sponsor or a sponsee or just another fellow who who calls me up for an outreach call or 
or heard me share or I do the same, then suddenly I'm, I have this connection. And some of the people that, you know, it always started with that first call. Hey, my name is, and then the next thing I know, a year later, we're still in touch or two years later. And we are staying in the middle of the herd together. And we're sharing that connection and that love of recovery with each other. And one of the most amazing things that's happened is someone will say something that um, that I really love. And I'm like, oh, wow, I really like that. And they'll laugh and say, well, you're the one that told me that. And I have done the same thing with people. You know, it's like I need you. I have a built-in forgetter. I have a colander head. And everything that's pouring in through me is immediately leaking out. I don't have a reservoir that sloshes around up there. And I constantly need to be connecting with, with God through working the steps. And I need to be connecting with you. You know, that's the fellowship. That's the beauty of it. It's our lights that are shining. I think about the, the lights on our porch. You know, they're different colors. And each light individually has its own beautiful color. But we're connected by a power. We're connected by this power. And when we're all shining together, we light up this room in a magical way. And that's just the way I love to envision this recovery. And it's adventures in the fourth dimension for me. This is where the true magic takes place is when I'm going through this journey with someone else. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rick. And next we have Katie G. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Penny. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. You know, I've learned that there are two fellowships. There's the Fellowship of the Spirit, capitalized, and there's the Spirit of the Fellowship, not capitalized. And the Fellowship of the Spirit, you know, I love you guys, and I want to be in the Fellowship of the Spirit with you, which means... Together, we are doing the steps. Um, I didn't come into Overeaters Anonymous um, looking for a bunch of friends. I came in here because my ass was on fire, and I had no idea how to live my life. Like, I couldn't even comprehend being in a relationship with you because my life was so bad. And I couldn't even comprehend there was nothing else to do but Overeaters Anonymous. Like, I just didn't have a choice. So I just came in and I just did it, you know, and um, thanks be to God for that ugly desperation. But what I find is that the release from care, boredom, and worry, selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my problem, right? So my imagination gets fired when I get to God because this whole program, whether you like it or not, is about getting to God. The whole point of the steps is to get a relationship with God. And the way I get that relationship with God is by uncovering, discovering, discarding everything that's not me and learning to love God's kids. Whether you are someone that makes me mad or not, like it is not my job to sit around judging everybody, you know, and God has shown me through my step work how. My judgments come from fear, and I can leave OA one judgment at a time, but then I'm all alone. Like somewhere in the book it says we were, we'll either 
die together or no, we'll either live together or die alone. Something, somebody can quote that. And that's what I find. I need this fellowship, but I don't need this fellowship to call you up and hear about your hair dye unless your hair dye is making you resentful at your hairdresser, right? This isn't a schmooze fest for me. It can become that when I'm grounded in God. Um, but I'm grateful for the fellowship of the spirit that teaches me how to do the work. That is what the whole point of a 12-step program is. It's to do the work and get to God. And when I have a relationship with God, I can bring, I can hold out my hand and we can find God together and we can be peaceful among each other. So I'm just grateful to have my seat with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And next we have Linda D. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. And boy, am I excited to be here today. And I'm recovered. Um, wow. Um, I love what I'm hearing from people because this is a place of magic. And the magic is God. Uh, whether I liked that word or not, and I didn't. But I do now because I have a connection through these steps and through you. I have to be dead honest about who I am, what I am, how vulnerable I am, um, and to share that honestly with people and to let people help me, not just to help others. That being said, Shattered, I came here eight years ago to vision for you. I've been in OA for almost 40 years. And, um, well, a little more than eight years ago. And I didn't get it at first. And today is my eighth anniversary uh, recovered, not cured. And tomorrow will be day one in the ninth year, if I'm humble. So hopefully I'm saying this humbly. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Everybody. New people, people who have been here forever, people ahead of me people sort of behind me in terms of uh, how long they've been here. Just thank you. I just loved being recovered, finding God and finding myself and loving myself, not just loving you, loving me, the one I hated the most. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And now Rachel K. Thank you. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern California. Good early morning. Um, I love this section because it, it speaks about the fellowship and the importance of the fellowship. And I was taught early on the fellowship is not the program, but there is no program without the fellowship. Like, I tried to do this program in isolation, and you know what I got? I got, and I have the chocolate stains on the OA and AA literature to show it. Uh, I got me alone with the books, like binging. That was it. I had to have you with me to recover. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird. I spent my whole life before I finally put down the food, got abstinent and recovered, wanting to fit in, um, worrying about what will they think of me? What will they think of me? Um, me, 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 and uh, what? maybe if I do this, they'll accept me, maybe if I do that. And the paradox of the program is, is once I let go of that 
and stop worrying about what can I get from you? What kind of approval can I get from you? How can I make you like me? You know, if I do that, if I wear that, if I say that, will you like me? Will you accept me? Once I let go of that and try to think of how can I help you? What's going on with you? What's, you know, what can I, what can I do for you? Or, or just, you know, what does God have in store for me um, with relation to my fellows? Then, then I start belonging. Um, you know, and once I am honest, once I let go of that self-obsession, that self-centered fear, which, you know, Bill says in the big book, that's the root of our problems. I'm paraphrasing here pretty badly, but it says there somewhere that it, it's self-centered fear that either I'm going to lose something, that fear I'm going to lose something that I have, like I think I have this connection, I'm going to lose it. Or I'm not going to get something I want. I want connection and, and I'm not going to get it. Once I let go of that and let go of self and just focus on being of service to God and, and I think one of the best ways to be of service to God is to be of service to God's kids. Once I let go of that, then paradoxically, I start belonging. I start feeling a part of and not just a part. Um, so anyway, I hope that made sense at 4.25 a.m. Pacific time. Again, this is Rachel Kay in Northern California. Everybody have a blessed Friday, and thanks for your service, everybody who does service on this meeting, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. And next um, in Massachusetts, we have Darian Kay. Darian? Hi, oh, yes. Hi, Penny. Can you hear me? Yes. Good. Um, yes, Darian Kay in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Um, very gratefully recovered today with all of you. Um, I love this paragraph as well. How can you not like it? Um, it talks about, uh, you know, a vision of feeling like you're part of something. And for me, that was never the case. Um, I always felt a real outsider. Um, and I may not have been, but I felt that way in my head. I was definitely different. And, um, you know, the clothes I had to wear because of uh, my weight made me very different. And that's a big deal when you're young. Um, you know, the things that I couldn't do um, as a result of, of my weight, um, you know, separated me from, um, you know, the rest of my peers. And um, and I just always felt that I always felt separated. And I remember, I remember um, somebody, a therapist or something, I went to, and they tried to tell me I was unique. And I remember blurting out, "No, I don't want to be unique. I want to be just like everybody else." Um, and that's what I really wanted. I really wanted to be a part of a group. And thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this program. You know, since 1986, when I found this meeting through my sister and my mom. Um, I, not this meeting, but this program, I, I, I suddenly felt like I fit in somewhere. Yay. <laughs> and, um, there's people like me out, out there, you know, and they're super nice and wonderful and they're so caring and they give, 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 um, nonstop, limitless giving in this program. And I am so grateful that I have this program in my life because oftentimes, you know, I pray to God and I um, ask God for help, but sometimes, you know, it's 
it's blind faith. We can't always feel the answers or hear the answers that we want. But when we talk to somebody else, when we have that fellowship to lean on, um, God speaks through people. I really, really believe that. Um, we are all instruments of his, uh, his divine words. And um, so, you know, I have to tap into that, you know. How do I do that? I make phone calls. I reach out to people. I stay in touch. I stay connected. And, um, and you know, that, that is such a blessing and such a gift. And look, we have 9,000 people to connect with if we go on the uh, Vision View website. So there's just no excuse these days to not have anyone to connect to. It's just wonderful. So thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Darian Kay. And um, Tina S., it's your turn. Thanks so much, Penny, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow. I mean, what a great paragraph, and you know, just loved all the shares, and uh, you know, ditto, 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 ditto for for sure, you know. And one of the things that I love about this paragraph is that, you know, when I came in here, you know, this substitute, you know, vastly more than that, you know, the fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, you know, gave me a primary purpose because when I got here, I did not have one. You know, and, you know, the byproduct is I get released from care, boredom, and worry. You know, and I am fired for sure. You know, and, and you know, the meaning for me today is, you know, that I stay sober and help other alcoholics or, you know, stay abstinent, help other compulsive eaters achieve abstinence, you know, in my world today, that's what I do. That's my primary purpose. How do I how do I do that? You know, I suit up and I show up. And you know, once I've had a transformation, you know, uh, finding a power greater than myself and living in His world, you know, can I bring this stuff to somebody else? You know, and 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 what a journey for sure. You know, and over the years and over the days, one day at a time, you know, I'm amazed. I, I completely am always amazed at how my, what my life looks like today. You know, the other day, I, you know, I, I, I just had, you know, a reminder, one of the paragraphs we were reading about what it was like, you know, and thank you, God, you know, what's, what's it like today, you know, <laughs> for sure. What am I doing today for my recovery? And what am I doing today to help somebody else? More importantly, you know, when I get up in the morning, I ask God, you know, to keep me sober, absent, and sane, and I ask him what I can do for the man who's still sick, and, and please show me, you know. And, and what I found when I ask, he does, you know. And so I have that opportunity every day, you know, to, to stay abstinent, to stay recovered, and then to give this thing away, you know. And, and my life is wonderful today. It just really, really is. And it is, you know, and I am, about, I am all about, you know, the fellowship is not the program of Alcoholics Anonymous for sure. But again, without the fellowship, there would be no program. And so um, today I'm really grateful, you know, and I love all you guys. I love, I just love the joy, the excitement and all that that I hear from the sheriffs this morning. With that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thank you, Tina S. And now, Jen A., Hey, good morning, Penny. This is Jen A. in Colorado. Um, thanks for this paragraph this morning. Wow. Have I a sufficient substitute? Yes, there is a substitute. And this paragraph shows me there is joy, there is hope. But for the newcomer this morning who's on the line, welcome. You're hearing a lot of people who are recovered, who are living the solution day by day. Yeah, I'm one of them too. Um, but I came in here a victim, right? I felt that I was preyed upon. 
Um, I thought I was harmed by everybody. My circumstances and my conditions in life were killing me, so I ate in order to deal with it. I threw up. I overexercised. I drank a bunch of potions and stuffed pills down my throat to try and keep me skinny. Um, and I was torturing myself to death um, by doing so. And um, the substitute in this program is the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, on the side of the triangle, it's called Unity. Um, and it has to be equilateral to my recovery. Um, it also has to be uh, equilateral to the amount of service that I'm giving, and that's working with others. Um, you know, and, and, and I've learned that today. But when I first came in here, I was a mess. And the way that everybody told me I was going to get better and that I was going to be free, happy, joyous, and free, right, no longer stupid, boring, glum, and whatever it may be, is that I had to do some work, put down the food, and I had to end the old way of doing life. And I love how it talks about how my imagination will be fired because I got a mind and I can make up a story in my mind and I can listen to the story in my mind and I can believe the story in my mind. And that makes me an addict, a compulsive overeater. And through that story, like so many people have said today, I live in fear, worry, um, regret, whatever it may be. But this program has shown me that I don't have to live that way anymore. You people got out from under. You ate like I ate, right? You felt like I felt. You thought like I thought. You, you, you showed me that in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And you said, you want to keep holding on to that, Jen? It's not going to work for you very well. Or you can bring in something new, right? And like my friend said this morning, uncover, discover, and discard all the things about myself and my life and who I am. So that why? So that I can be seen who I really am. I'm a child of God. I'm a beautiful daughter of the king, and I hold the keys to the kingdom today. Has it been easy? No. Putting down the food sucks. Doing the work, it's hard. But let me tell you, the people that you hear on this line, including myself today, we stand here and say that we're recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and there is a miracle to be, to be met in these rooms. And that's the beautiful thing. And you do find it in the fellowship. And today, I can honestly say that there's people all over the world that I'm friends with. It's amazing. We have a common bond, a unity with each other. We did the things with food and exercise, and today we're doing things with God, serving him and his kids. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Penny. Thank you so much, Jen A. And now before I take the list of names of people who would like to continue sharing, just a reminder that today we are on page 152, the second paragraph that begins with, yes, there is a substitute. And if you've shared in the last two days, uh, please uh, step aside and, and allow other people to, to share. We, we do value everyone's experience, however. So who would like to continue sharing? Judith S.P. And M., Minnesota. Jackie A. from Connecticut. Isabel L. Okay, let me just say who I have, and then we can find out who I missed. We have Judith, Ann, Kathy, and Adele. Phil M. Sue. Phil. Filipino. M. M. Okay. Jackie A. From Connecticut. Jackie A. Okay. All right, let's go with those people, and we'll see how much time we have afterwards. We have Judith, Ann, Kathy, Adele, Sue M., and Jackie A. And also, please 
tell me uh, your last initial and where you're from as you share. And we'll start with Judith. Good morning, everybody. Judith S.P. from Maryland. Truly grateful to be here and recovered for today. Um, Yeah, this paragraph, as so many of you have shared, is inspirational, magical, um, marvelous. When I think about this and all the years that I have spent looking for connection and finding one substitute after another, this goes back many, many, many years. I've been around for quite a long time and grateful that I found a way towards the end of my life. However, the substitutes always gave me a sense of awkwardness, uh, difference in a way that does not feel good, and most most uh, emphasized my shame, my humiliation, I'm a bad person, why am I on this earth, and so forth and so on. And I went through many, as those of you here have, searching and searching. And coming into these rooms has been, yes, miraculous, but what it has given me is a connection beyond my wildest dreams, my connection with my higher power, and my connection with you all fills me up in a way that I can't even say I'm full because I'm just, um, I don't know, I just feel complete, not in a done way, but that the puzzle pieces are now all fitting in together. And I am so grateful for this. I work very hard on my recovery. I reach out to others. But knowing that you all are on this journey with me is making it manageable and I can put the effort in. One thing that is challenging right now is that being in the fellowship seems very protective because we all know what's going on with each other and we all speak a similar language. To take these tools that I now have with my higher power into my relationships in quote-unquote my life outside recovery is where a lot of work is challenging and difficult for me. And sometimes it feels schizoid that in fellowship is great and loving and kind. And how does Judith transfer that to her family, to the man on the street, to the person on the phone who keeps telling me I can't hear you? Uh, One moment, please. I'll be right back. How do I transfer that? And, And being in fellowship gives me the opportunity to practice, practice, practice. And I will get to Carnegie Hall by being able to practice and know that if I stay in God's light and with you all, I will, one day at a time, improve my relationships in all areas of my life by carrying the message. No, trying to carry the message. I'm not carrying the message. I'm trying. Thank you very much. Have a blessed day and grateful to be here. And thank you, Judith S.P. And next, Ann. This is Ann M. Am I next? 
Yes, you are. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. Penny, thank you for your service. I live in the Midwest, and I could listen to your voice forever. Um, I'm NM from Minnesota, and when I think of the word substitute, um, for me, it's not even a substitute. It's so miraculous because when I was in the food, uh, I had no connection with spirit or my higher power or people. I, I didn't care about you. I cared about my next fix, uh, hiding wrappers, uh, binging, eating into a blackout. That was my goal in life. And now I, and I had no imagination about life. I could not imagine life without my substance. And I remember times thinking, I don't know what I would do if I'm not eating. I mean, what do I do with life? Or how do I live life uh, if I'm not eating? That was my goal. Sometimes I recall uh, the only reason to get up in the morning was to eat. And when I look back at that, I thought, how sad. And I have such great compassion for that woman who believed those thoughts. Fast forward, last night I could not even get to sleep because I was so excited about my life. It is miraculous. I have a precious great-grandson who was born three months premature who weighed two pounds, five ounces. This week he came home from the hospital weighing six pounds, three ounces. He is a miracle to me. And I was connected to the NICU NIC unit and could watch him on my computer. And I think spirit is watching over this little two-pound miracle. So, of course, spirit is watching over me. Conversely, if spirit is watching over me, spirit is also connected and watching over this sweet little two-pound miracle. A member of my family got her dream job this week. Another miracle. I, my grandson, who is on the autism spectrum, is going to do three years of next step education to learn life skills. As I listen to this meeting nearly every morning, I am knitting comfort shawls for uh, oncology patients, for cancer patients and I donate them to the hospital anonymously. I am giving service every day. I am seeing how I can help, how I can reach out. It's not all about me. And having said that, because of that, I have such incredible connections with you and people I've never spoken to who I hear on this, on this line and your wisdom and courage and strength and recovery. You are such an inspiration to me every single time I hear your, your lovely voices. So today, do I have an imagination? Absolutely. I go to the yard shop. I am like a little kid in a candy store, pardon the pun, picking out beautiful colors to comfort these oncology patients as they go through chemotherapy. It is a life beyond my imagination, and I wish you all a very peaceful and abstinent day, and I pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Ann M. Kathy A. Kathy A. Okay, one more time. Is Kathy A there? Okay, let's go on to Adele. My name is actually Inabel L, and I live in Maryland. Would you spell it, please? Uh, yes, I-N-A-B-E-L-L-E. Inabel. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, I pray to God that he guide me in my share this morning. Um, I came into the program a very broken woman, broken not only by the food, but also so much in life. And I was not able to have relationships. Um, and I came into my first meeting and sat and cried for two hours. Uh, I cried because I felt that I was at home. I heard people share my story. I didn't believe that it was possible. I knew that for the first time in my life, I was at home. That people understood what was happening to me had been happening to me since birth and that my secrets were no longer secrets that I could tell people who and what I was and people came over to me and one after another after another and were so kind and were so receptive it was wonderful. Um, I came to meetings and I did service after service after service, which was unbelievable for me. Um, I I loved coming to meetings. I loved coming to make friends and fellowship, which was so unlike me because I felt safe and secure. Um, I was in program for 30 years before I found recovery. And then, unfortunately, I lost it. The, the disease went out and I had to start working the 12 steps again and slowly getting back into recovery. I had sponsees who I very sadly lost. It broke my heart. Uh, but I'm still in touch with one of them, thank God, and her uh, spouse. Um, and um, I love these people dearly. Um, but the fact that I can love people dearly is a miracle because... When I was in disease, I remember a very sweet woman said, I want to be your sister, and I rejected her. It felt so frightening. 
the thought that somebody wanted to be close to me. And now I am a sister to someone who is not my blood sister. And we have a very loving relationship and a caring relationship. And this is something that I got as a reward for my recovery. That's timing, Annabelle. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much. And next we have Sue M. Uh, hello, Penny. Thank you. It's uh, Phil M, but it sounds like Sue. I understand that. P-H-I-L. Um, great to be here, and uh, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from Northern Ireland. And um, uh, there is a substitute, and it's vastly more than that. Um, I was this is a message of depth and weight. I was totally shocked by what was required at the start of this uh, process, seven and a half years into OA. Um, my sponsor required me to have 48 hours abstinence, and I was I just thought if I could do that, I wouldn't need the program, but I understood abstinence for recovery. I was to drop every bit of sugar as an ingredient. Uh, I was to listen to a recorded vision meeting every day, even on Sundays. Um, two outreach calls a day and I was wondering was she sure it was two a day and not two a week. Um, I would have been lucky to do that before that. Uh, step work, an email a day, holy moly. Do you know it was just so much but I was beaten into a state of reasonableness. I said to set aside prayer. I needed that substitute. I needed this. Um, it says that we'll have a release from care and I get that. I get that daily. Uh, through my step 10s when fears crop up and they do regularly um, and resentments and that really helps me to clear these things, get a different perspective, a totally different way of viewing things. Boredom, you know, will be released from boredom and I find I have lots to do and I don't do programme just to do programme. I do a lot of programme but I do have time to live life. I go to a writing group, I have a weekly meditation group um, there's a number of women uh, we meet together to celebrate the Divine Feminine each month and that's a, a, an area of growth for me you know and, 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 and learning about my higher power my loving power um, two way prayer group this morning helped to give me some insights it was great we've been to another OA meeting this morning too that's three meetings and it's not quite one o'clock yet <laughs> um, it, it's amazing but what was required has become desired it really has uh, people phone me, I phone them. Um, I, yesterday I visited a sister-in-law I haven't seen for, for, for ages, you know. Just so blessed. And my eldest daughter is expecting her first child. She's due on the day that she was due, the 13th of January. Um, and, and I can go into fear around that. She, she's experienced discomfort, of course, and, and, and quite a lot of pain. But she has high pain threshold. Um but in the two-way prayer, she doesn't need me to be in the middle of that with her. She needs her mother to have confidence in God that she will be looked after and that there will be a beautiful outcome, a healthy baby. And um, that's what she needs me to do. And that's what I'm, I'm learning, you know, so much every day. Uh, I've learned to trust God. I'm trusting myself more. <laughs> and and um, I'm learning to trust others as well. And I was been fighting uh, a bit of chaos in my home, um, little, a bit of clutter and so on. But you know what? I was given the insight the other day by Harry Power to give thanks for it. It means I've got a home where there's clutter in it. And I've got children who create the clutter <laughs> too. I can do it on my own. 
believe me. Um, but, you know, life is just wonderful and I'm so grateful to be here. And thank you all for listening to me. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sue M. And next we have Jackie A. Hi, everybody. Jack- May I be heard? Yes. Jackie, go ahead. Sorry about that. Thank you so much. Um, This morning was a little difficult for me. I woke up and I have my breakfast at 7.45 each morning and I wanted to eat sooner. And I I woke up right at 6.55 and I was like counting down the minutes. And I was like, okay, I have to turn on a vision. And every single time that the food started to speak up, it was just, it was beautiful to like check back into the shares. And um, when this chapter talks about in terms of being able to release the care, the boredom and worry, uh, something that my sponsor and my fellows and I can laugh about is like, I'm not going to die in those couple of minutes. Um, Something that I've shared in in the meetings and, and even in like our local meetings, it's like I had this anteater behavior that I would like eat crumbs and like lick the spoons. And I've done that my whole life and I was like indignant about it. I was like, why can't I do this? Why can't I be like other people? And this fellowship has really taught me like we're not, I'm not like other people. Um, my disease has progressed since I was a, a late teen into my early 20s. When I really think I get started, I don't think I, I started off as an overeater. I think that it it manifested into something that can't go backwards. Um, this program's helped me understand that it's not just the food, it's not just the it's not just the combinations. It's you know how our brain becomes wired and like that whole pickle analogy, like you can't unpickle yourself into a cucumber again. To to state that like the the most satisfying years are to come. Um, it's it's so hopeful, and I kept sharing that yesterday with not just fellows but with friends. This program has taught me how to be present and transparent and not fake with my friends, to not have a facade with my coworkers who work in recovery. Um, and I was separating myself from just these gorgeous relationships where not only can I identify in, but like, it's a true genuine connection. It feels like those trees that maybe they're aspen that like grow around and like touch roots and like grow taller together. And that's what this program has done for me. Um, I can be transparent with my family. They too have mental health and addiction. Not all of them seek help for it and some do. And it's just, it keeps me, it feels like a race where everybody has shin splints. It's like, you know, we're there together to get through to the end and it's just in that 24 hours and you're, you're cheering each other on and you're sweaty through it and you're happy through it. And there's like, there's rewards that are, that are spiritual. And I tell people that when I work, I'm like, sorry, no cash prizes, but treatment prizes. And, and in here it's like spiritual prizes. Um, and it's just, it feels good. This has made my life not about me, not about the food chatter. I can be present around people. I can be present for myself. Life feels like it's slowed down and I can look around. I have really crappy peripheral vision. Okay. And with that, I just wanted to say this has opened my eyes to so much more. And with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. That was Jackie A. And now it's time that we have to begin our closing, and I want to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, December 10th, 2021, is 18,220, 18220. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I'm going to ask Marge O to read that selection for us. Thank you, Penny. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm Marge O from the Massachusetts, recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own host is still in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.